Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, it's your girl Nakia, Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. Um, I hope you did something today to treat yourself. I decided to have a glass of wine because it was one of those type of Fridays, if you feel me. However, I have a special guest with me today. His name is Ryan Sides. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> hey. He is from Dallas, Texas, by way of also Boston. So I'll give you both, you know. <laughs> um, he's a senior brand strategist at Complex. And prior to that, Ryan has written for Living Civil and wants to get into the television writing field. So welcome, Ryan, to the Fearless Kia hey, podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. So um, I always like to start a show just asking um, what you did today to treat yourself. Ooh, okay. Um, what did I do to treat myself today? Today was rough, but I had tacos today. I love tacos. Um, and it was definitely like I didn't pack lunch. It's just been crazy with like getting ready for this weekend. So I was like, you know what? I'm having tacos because my day is crazy and I need it. So that and then like coming to see you and having wine. Okay. Oh yes. (laughs) Tacos and wine. Yes, we need to have another tacos and wine night for sure. Um, so we just want to get into it. If you could just tell us briefly a little bit about uh what you do as far as like at complex and just uh how long you've been in New York. Okay. So I've been uh, in New York off and on for going on five years now. I've been back this last stint for a year and I believe nine months at this point. Um, At Complex, I am the senior social strategist for branded content. So anything that you see um, that Complex does in terms of social media and their brand partnerships, I am in charge of. Um, It's a lot of fun. I get to work with some really, really cool brands. I get to go to a lot of cool events. It's a lot of work. But it's fun. Like, I enjoy it. So Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now let's get into the person behind <laughs> Complex, or the so, uh, senior brand strategist there. So I always like to start with, what is your deepest fear? My deepest fear. All right. I think, and you and I talked about this a little bit. I don't, I don't think I have necessarily a fear per se. There's nothing that mm. is um, crippling for me or anything that, like, you know, makes me just not want to get up but i will say um i don't like being in situations where i don't have control Mm. um and i think a lot of this has to do with me having to adapt to certain situations or like being in situations where i had to either think on my feet or just respond to what was going on in that moment um, and so because of that, like you lose a lot of fears, it's mm-hmm. like you just learn to adapt and go with the flow and make the best of what it is that you have going on. Um, but the direct counter to that is being in places where you don't have the ability to do that, where you don't have control or you aren't able to make decisions right. and judgments or respond to a situation. So I, I don't like those situations. I wouldn't say it's a fear per se, because like when you're in the situation, it's not anything you can do. Other than just be there. Right. Um, but yeah, I, that was Well, it. what were those situations that, in your journey, in your life, that defined you to get to a point where you don't really look at certain situations that you come up against in life now as fears, but more so just kind of things that you don't, situations that you don't like to be put in? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, my mom had me when she was really young. Um, was raised like single parent home for like a good portion of my life. Um, so she had me really when she was really young. I remember like we moved from I was born in St. Louis, mm-hmm. so we moved from Missouri to Texas, and like she had a job and then lost the job and just like having to like struggle and like make ends meet. There were points where we were homeless at times, both as an as a child mm-hmm. and as an adult. And I think a lot of people can re- or people that have been in that situation can relate to how. It's one of those things like you just have to deal with it. You have to figure out like, all right, where's my next meal coming from? Right. How do I keep up appearances so that this is something that if I'm not getting help or if I'm not comfortable asking for help, how do I make sure like my needs are still getting met? And then ultimately, how do I get out of the situation? So for me, it's just like I know that I'm never going to go back to being homeless again or like being without a job again. So or God forbid being out without a job again. But even in those situations, like I've been there before. So like that's no longer a fear. And anything mm. short of that or any yeah, anything short of that is not it's not gonna sway me. Right. So I think that's what really like shaped me um and got me to the point where it's like, okay, cool, I can handle just about anything. Um uh, my mom has always been there. Actually, you know what? I will say I think I'm most fearful of leaving my mom of losing my mom. Mm. Um What is it about losing her that scares you? Because, like, she's, like, my source, like, my source of strength. Like, she is who I do everything for. She is um, the person that, like, taught me how to hustle and, like, how to, like, Mm. see myself out of situations. How to, like, strategize and figure out the best possible, you know, strategy. Uh, I'm so proud of her. Like, right now, she's working on getting her doctorate. Like, she had me when she was 18 years old, and 19 years old. And she's getting her doctorate. And she's getting her doctorate. Like, I remember going to, like, college classes. She went to Southeast Missouri State. I remember going to classes with her and, like, sitting in these classes Mm. and, like, being in there with her and then, like, going to daycare or, like, going to, like, my grandma's in the summer while she worked. And, like, now, like, she's, you know, grown and progressed so much. And, like, she's she's going to be, like, Dr. Mom. So I'm excited about that. Shout out to Dr. Mom. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I think, honestly, like, I think that would probably be my, my only fear. But even, again, even in that, like, I know that's going to happen at some point. And it's also something that you can't control. Ex- and it's which you that said that control. you don't like being in situations where you cannot control right. the outcome or what it is. Exactly. And so I guess that takes me to a point where it's like, how do you, if you don't have a legitimate fear, how, did you, how do you define fear? Because then that would make sense as to why right. you don't. For, think there's legitimate fears. for me fear is something that brings you to a place of um a place of panic and a place of like being unable to move mm. like you think of like it's paralyzing that's what i was looking for it's paralyzing excuse me and i don't think there's anything right now that would come up in my life that would make me feel like i couldn't do anything outside of removing my ability to do something so like if I were to lose my job, okay, cool. I'll find another job. Right. Um, I think my experience is to a point now where it's like, all right, well, worst case scenario, I'll be like a server or like, there's just things that I'm not above doing because at the end of the day, needs have to be met. Rent is always doing the first. Okay. Um, if I were to, you know, get some type of terminal illness. All right, cool. Fortunately, I'm in a position right now where, my job, you know, I have, like, good benefits. So, like, I'm in a position to be able to, like, take care of the needs that would come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if all of those things were to be removed, then it's like, all right, 
cool. Like this is this is unfortunate. Not not even cool. But, like this is unfortunate. But at this point, there's nothing that I can do. Or I'm going to, you know, find whatever it is that I can like, do. I've been in situations that have been worse than this and have figured out how to make a way out of no way. You right. know, or make a means out of, you know, right. make a dollar. What did they say? Make a dollar, dollar out of, out of 15 two, cents. Yeah, out of 15 cents. So. And like, even in that, it's like, let's say, let's say that there's a situation where I can't do that. At that point, like, I have to relinquish control. Is that something that I'm mm. uncomfortable with? Absolutely. But if there's something that I can't do, then I, I can't do it. It's not that I'm... Right fearful of these things and it's like all right i'm no longer thinking about what to do i'm always going to exhaust all possible options right but i just i like i said i don't like being in places where like, I, I don't have the opportunity to do something under strategy that's my way out of it absolutely i don't think anybody wants i think control is such a it's it, i think it's such a fickle thing because it's like you. We all know we don't have control over whatever is to happen, right? Tomorrow, right? Two days, three days, a week, a month, a year from now, and so we try to hold on so tight, like a grip to something that maybe we like or we enjoy or that serves us or that pours into us because we don't want to lose the idea of this thing, whether right. it's a job or whether it's a person or whether it's a you know. I don't know, something that you idolize. And so to lose that, it's like, what would I do if I didn't have that? Right. And I think that that is the most, if you've never been in a situation, like you said, like I've been there, I grew up like this. So it's it's more so like, I don't really look at it as fears, but just more so like, I don't like to be, in, you know, not in control of what's to happen. But if you've never been in a situation where you've lost right. or you've hit rock bottom, People don't know how they don't know survival how to respond. mode. Yeah. They don't know survival mode. They don't know how to respond. They don't know how to bounce back from that. But I think that there is some type of motivation in being, you know, losing control. Right? Yes. There's some motivation in losing control in the sense that like once you lose it and you don't know what's gonna happen next, all you can do is look within or look above. G O D. Oh, both. You know what I'm saying? Faith over fear. Um, in order to move past that. Right. And a lot of people haven't experienced that. They will experience it at some point because trust me. Life life, is, life comes at you fast. And so that's just an important component to just fears that I feel like regardless if we identify with something that we're afraid of or not, that's something that everybody comes to a point. Like you can't control that. Yeah. You can't control, you know, if your roof your your building is on ends up on fire tomorrow or whatever the case may right. be, you know. But what you can control, what is in your control, is what you do with the time that you have and how you respond to those situations and how, how you, you respond, respond to, to those situations. Exactly. So, I want to go into um, pivot in a direction where it's more so you're at a point in your journey. How has your, do you feel like your personal and your professional life have aligned themselves based off of the life you have envisioned or what you want as far in regards to happiness? I, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. I think my personal life is definitely closer to what I envision for myself in terms of like being happy and fulfilled. Mm. I think my personal life is, is definitely closest to that and on track to meeting that professionally um i had a bit of an insatiable drive and like always looking to um the next thing like the, mm-hmm. the the next big thing like what's happening after this 
And I think that's something that I have to mature into and be able to say, okay, Ryan, you can enjoy this for a little while. Like, just stay here and, like, just be in this moment for a little while. Particularly with professional. In my personal Mm -hmm. life, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm very much in the moment with my friends. I'm very much in the moment with people that I'm dating. Very much in the moment with, like, just experiencing, like, my life outside of work in general. Right. But when it comes to work, it's like, all right, this is cool. Um, I've been six months to a year here. What's next? next? And I think... With 30 coming up, I'll be 30 in January. Um, with <laughs> with 30 coming up, I'm thinking about, okay, cool. How do I find myself or position myself to be in a job, in a career with a company that I would like to spend time in? Mm. And then also, I guess, challenging myself to find out, like, why is that important to me? Like, why is it important for me to be somewhere for a extended period of time? Like, is it something that, like, I genuinely want? Is it something that's going to service me best or is it something that like i'm just used to or that like we've been told Mm. you need to do for so long like i'm just you know trained to want that right so like that's something that i'm like working through right now and i think that's having like a big uh impact on how i perceive my happiness within like my work and my career Mm. but i also know that you you know as i mentioned earlier that you want to do television writing exactly so um how has navigating that as a passion versus (laughs) And this is something I'm pretty sure you're battling in your mind, but navigating that as um, a passion versus like, okay, I'm accustomed to this nine to five or this life of I work at this big, large company. I get these checks. I'm making sure I can live the way I want to live from a lifestyle standpoint. You know, we're actually putting a price on your happiness. Right. I think the the difficult thing with that is, like, being in the role that I'm in now. Like you said, it's very structured. It's very traditional. It's very, like, I go to this job from 9 to 5. Right now, it's, like, more 9 to 9. But that's, like, it's busy season. But, like, I know Monday through Friday I'm doing this thing. Transitioning into television writing, like, it's not the same schedule. And it's essentially going back to freelancing. Even if you have a contract. Like, let's say I was supposed I would Let's say I landed a contract with a television company, then I would be on for as long as that show was running. A show can get canceled anytime. Mm-hmm. Or they can, you know, switch up the writer's room and my contract is over. So I think I'm right now wrapping my mind around the fact of like, this is what it's going to take in order for you to exist within this environment. And I think the um, the payoff of being fulfilled, like I love writing. Writing is my passion. I think the payoff of being able to do what it is that I, I'm passionate about will override the sacrifices that I have to make in terms of like lifestyle, if only immediately. Um, mm. And it's something that I, I, I'm going into with the mindset of, again, like I'm used to being without, or like I've been in situations where I've been without. So I'm okay. So we're not trying to go back there. Though. We're not trying to go back there, okay. but like, I'm okay with sacrificing some things for the purpose of investing in what's going to come later. Right. I know that getting into writing, I'm going to have to pay my dues. I'm going to have to like do the grunt work. I'm not going to be able to like, God, the like, God willing, I'll be able to like, you know, land something dope on like my first try. But like, even that is not going to necessarily put me in the position that I'm in now. I'm not going to necessarily be able to live the lifestyle that I'm living now on my first go round at a writing job. Is there a thing that like, oh, like you work so hard to get to this point, right? In your career that you're like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to this lifestyle. You know, I, I'm, senior in my role and to pivot into my passion is like 
I work so hard to get to this point. It's like, mm, I mean, I, I love it, right? You know, <laughs> I love it. But that's going to take you a few steps back, possibly, yeah. or not. Who knows? God works in mysterious ways. But, you know, you, you're kind of weighing everything that you work for versus and starting like, is over. Yeah. And is it worth it? It is. It's and super... that's where that price of happiness comes back exactly. into place. And it's scary. Like, it's definitely scary. Because, like, again, like you said, this is comfortable. This is what I know. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm solidified here. I know how to operate, how to function within, like, this role, within, like, this space of my life. And, like, switching over to TV writing or, like, film writing, it would be, again, starting all over. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, of course, fearful. But, like, that's, I know that I'll be happy there. And if I'm happy, then I'm I'm leaning on that to, like, supersede, um, at least for a little while, like, the sacrifices that I have to make for that happiness. And, like, to get to the place of, like, all right, cool. I know what my work ethic is like. And right. so I'm going to apply, like, the same, you know, tenacity, like, the same stick to itness and hustle that I have in my current role to writing. And it's like, if I'm not, you know, great when I start, I'm going to work to be great. Right. And, like, the end goal is going to be... Like, great, if all goes as planned. Um, but then, of course, like, I always have this to fall back on um, or, like, to come back to. Right. Or, again, like, I'll find I'll find something new. I think that's, like, it's really, like, optimistic. Do you feel like you can't do both? I don't. I think that's the goal right now mm. until I get to a point where it's like, all right, this is popping off in a way that I can leave my current situation comfortably mm -hmm. and do this. That is the ideal situation. Yeah, to do both. Now, yeah. and now, then transition exactly. over into your passion project. Exactly. Okay, so then my next question to you is as far as your dating life and your, you know, vision for how you want, I guess, 20, 30 years down the line. I'm not trying to put timelines because I feel like timelines are overrated at this point in life, particularly in New York. It's a <laughs> Timelines are like, mm, what is that? Right. Um, but do you feel like you're on track as far as partnership is concerned? To <laughs> because I mean I don't want to stay, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't. It's weird. Um, so I'm 29. I'll be 30 in January. Um, right now I am dating, and I'm in a situation that like I feel really good about. I'm optimistic. Uh, about and I'm looking forward to the future in this particular situation but this is all really new mm. and like for a while for a while it was like all right I'm gonna you know be working I see myself being you know powerful and successful and a bachelor like I'll have someone that's like long term and long distance we'll link up a vacation together like I don't even know who that would be like, but that's what I that's what I envision for myself. Mm -hmm. And then like love comes and like, all right, all of that was cute, but like this the real. And like is it somebody that you can't stop thinking about, like you want to spend all your time with. And then you also think about like, all right, well, work is important to me, so I have to balance these two things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where I'm at right now. Um I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm about to say, you're over here cheesing hard <laughs> as hell, so. I'm optimistic, but again, like I said, this is new. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how how things pl play out. I don't want to, I mean, you know, put too much um, of your business out there, but um, as you identify your sexuality as gay, yeah. gay, um, do you feel that 
prior to this gentleman that it was like you said, oh, we're going to kick it sometimes. And that's <laughs> it. Is that how you was that like your way of being like, this is good and I'm good with this. But anything beyond that, I'm just not really comfortable stepping into that zone of being, you know, open and vulnerable and really establishing and building a partnership because you were so focused on like career, 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 career and like hustle, 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 hustle. I don't think, um, I don't. Or how was that journey navigating for you right. from a rela- from being a gay male and dating here in New York yeah. City? I I don't think that my career focus has ever been anything that I felt um, needed to put like my relationship pursuits on the back burner. Okay. Like I don't think that it ever because um, you, you make time for what you want to make time for, right? right like you make right. time for what's important. Um, I'm very much someone that is willing to be emotive, someone that's willing to be open and vulnerable. Um, I think the difference, though, is that prior to being in this current situation um, and, like, dating where I am now, for me, like, I got to a place where, all right, cool, like, I've dated, I've done, like, traditional monogamy. I think I'm in a place where I want to try something a little bit different. Like, I want to try, like, non-traditional relationships. Mm. So whether that is um, polyamory or whether that's being a part of, like, a triad relationship where it's monogamy but between three people as opposed to two people. Right. Um, I I guess it's not monogamy because monogamy is one person. But something along the lines of, like, a relationship where this is, like, three people that are committed to being with each other and each other only. Or some type of, like, polyamorous situation, like, where there's numerous ways that could go. Like, that's where I was at. And I was open to, you know, seeing how that went and, like, exploring those. And, like, it was a fun summer, like, getting into those situations and, like, finding out, all right, this is what I'm okay with, this is what I'm not okay with. Right. But again, like, you find a situation and like sometimes it just redirects your entire energy it redirects all of your plans mm-hmm. and where i'm at right now it's like it's definitely like a or it's moving in the direction of being a traditionally monogamous relationship um and it came at a time that i wasn't expecting it that's what they say yeah that's what they say they say it always comes at a time where <laughs> you least suspect it you're not that focused on it right and you're just living your best life and I think that's why it's working. It's like, this is someone like I've dated previously. Like, we have a long history. But for whatever reason, like, after spending some time apart, um, us reconnecting, like, we're just in such a better space. Such mm-hmm. a better space now than we've ever been, even, like, when we first dated, when we first right. started dating. Um, I think it's because, like, we took the time to, like, grow up. We took the time to, like, find out what it is that we wanted find out who it is that we are yeah and now we're coming back to the table like knowing you know having boundaries established having wants and needs established and that's so important because like a lot of times you get into situations and it's like all right um i like you you like me you cute right i'm and that's cute it. But it's like, we it's cute it. together and that is it that is the bare minimum the bare minimum nothing else you care about like he cute we cute he look cute. He dressed right. nice, and that's it. But it's like, what if he doesn't like Beyonce? Then it's like, all right, well, this is pointless. <laughs> like, this is completely pointless. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Like, things are really, really good. And like I said, I'm optimistic about where they could go. So Beyonce's a hard no for oh, you. Absolutely. Got it. That's on the. This is a non compromise list. Like, if we, if like, it's it's that. It was like. Also, like, I live in Brooklyn. If you live in Harlem... It's a dub. It's a non-starter, bruh. Like, we can't... Like, it ain't shit we got to talk about. It's a no. (laughs) And look... 
If y'all live in New York, you got to understand. It's like traveling to a whole different state. You got to take your passport. You got to have an overnight bag. You got to call your bank and be like, look, look, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm about to be out of my zip code. Like, it's like a whole process dating somebody that's not in your borough or not in Manhattan. I mean, but if you can make it work, by all means, make it work. God God bless. Make make it work. Not for me. But especially in (laughs) these cold months. um, Like, exactly. Like, in the summer, at least, like, there's a chance of, like, all right, I might link up with you in, like, the park or, like, Hell's Kitchen or, like, Lower East, like, somewhere in Manhattan. It's nice outside. Let's see. I'm going to be out. Right. When it's cold, I don't want to go to work and that pays my bills. Certainly not coming to Harlem. I'm certainly not coming to Harlem to see you. Facts. In the Bronx, like, what is that? Like, what is that? Like, and there's no shade of people that live there, but, like, coming from Brooklyn, that's just too far. It's too far. And I'm sure y'all think the same thing about people that live in Brooklyn. Like, you don't want to make that commute. You're like, we, we we get it. It is a struggle all the way around. People come from Jersey. People come from <laughs> Queens. All different situations. But I totally understand the thing about there are some hard nose. And you got to establish, set your boundaries. Protect your peace at all times. Protect your peace. And know who you are and what you want. And that's the thing is like being in those situations, like I'm someone who loves company. Like I love like being around people. I love being laid up. I love cuddling. I love doing cute shit. Even if we're not together, like I just love being with people, especially someone that I'm interested in romantically. But even in that, when you are focused on like what it is that you want for yourself, like what it is that you want in terms of like your own betterment, like there's nothing that is more fulfilling and like more, I guess, like <clears throat> rewarding. And that's not to say that you won't have lonely night lonely nights. That's not to say that you won't have those moments where it's like, damn, like I really wish like they would text me back. But like in the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, this just feels good. Like this feels natural. Mm-hmm. And then people pick up on that and it makes you so much more attractive. It makes you so much more appealing. And then even in that, it's like you can say, you know what, I've done all of these things for me, like, you really have to come with it in order to, like, move the needle, in order for me to even, like, bat an eye. Because I can't, like, sacrifice all of the time that I've spent working on me for somebody that's not doing the same amount of work. Preach. And I think that's <clears throat> something that you hit right on the nail is that you have to be happy with being alone. Yeah. Doesn't mean you got to be lonely. You get what I'm saying? Like, not no one's ever striving to be lonely. But you have to be happy with being alone, with sitting still, with being in your own thoughts, with understanding who you are. Because when you can do that and you create that energy and space of peace and you know what you like, you know what you don't like, you get really informed in those things when you're alone. You know what you like, what you don't like. You you know how your space is. When somebody tries to come into that and you see that that's not meshing with what you've established in your space, you're like, "Uh uh-uh, this not going to work. Talk about that. Okay. There's so much like, power ooh, in no. There's no, so this not no. going to work. I don't care how cute you are. I don't care what your job is, what you bring to the table, whatever the case may be. Because a lot of us get wrapped up into the titles yep. of people and what they're doing and, and not who they are, their characters and morals. And so when you are like, I'm good, I understand what it is to be alone, I'm okay with that. That doesn't mean I want to, I'm aspiring to be lonely, but it means that I'm okay with being alone and waiting for what's, for what's worth, it. worth it and what I deserve and yeah. what God has intended for me versus the nice shiny thing that comes walking along that's like, oh, damn, it's been a little lonely. Right. Um, I might need to uh, see what he's doing, you know? It's Dust been like it that. Off. Y'all better get your asses down to West 4th Street and go to a sex toy shop and get you, you and know what I'm saying? Get, it, get, get what hit. you need to get. 
to hold you over. I'm just being honest. Like it's real life. That's real. It's life. real life. I mean, this is a grown. We grown. Like right. if you listening to this and you underage, I'm sorry. This is a grown ass <laughs> show. But like, there are, you got options, and yeah. I think that's something that you brought up earlier. Even with your job situation, whatever you've been in life, it's like if this is not to happen, if this person is not supposed to be there, or if I'm by myself, or I lose my job, and I have to make sure that I have food on the table, make sure I have a roof over my I got options. Cool, what's next? I'm not afraid of being like, I'm not, you know, I'm not above going to go get a paycheck and being a waiter, or being a waitress. At the end of the day, I gotta make these pieces hit and rent is due. So, it's a great, like, conversation to have because I think a lot of people don't think about those things they just think like i don't know what it is to not have these things so i'm gonna just keep rolling with the things that i do have right. and keep staying in that environment because it's working for me at the time right. but is that going to work for you long term when it comes to your happiness how you know what are what is the price that you're willing to put on your happiness what is it that you're willing to sacrifice for your, yeah. you know for your happiness and the real question can you have it all right can we really have it all and it'd be like i have my personal and my professional and they align at the same time. I think you can, but I do think it comes at a price, right? Right. I think it does come at a price and what price that may be is different to each person's journey. But I think you can, but I think you also have to understand that you got to work on you first and everything else will align. Fall, yep, we'll fall into place. Everything else will align. Yeah. That's, the, like, the, the major takeaway. And it's, like, it's so easy, again, like, to get caught up in, like, all right, well, I really wish, like, this person was here with me. Or, like, this is the kind of person that I want. And it's, like, all right, well, what kind of person are you? Like, what is it that you are? And I hate this phrase because it's so cliche, but, like, what is it that you're bringing to the table? Oh, it's real, and though. It's like, and, like, I hate it because, like, Why we, do you hate it? Because we throw it around. It's, like, it, it, I don't know. Not that it feels selfish. Or it is selfish, but it's also unnecessary selfish. Um, and I think a lot of people use that to, like, be elitist or, like, to be condescending. Like, I have all of these things going on. But, like, that's real. Especially if you spent time, like, investing in yourself to, like, not have these things, but, like, to be this person. Like, I've, you know, worked so hard on, like, trying to be my, my very best me. Mm. And it's like, I can't accept you in my space if you've not done the same work. You can't afford to lose I that I can't either. afford to lose that. I can't afford to lose that. That time, that effort, those resources, those missed opportunities that I said no because I was working on this thing. Like, I can't put those mm-hmm. things in jeopardy for the sake of accepting you, someone who, you know, feels good right now, but, like, has not committed to doing the work. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good, like... Or never intended to or commit never to in- do the work. Exactly. And, like, that's indicative of, like, where things are going to go in the future. Like, if you can't commit to doing work on yourself, how can I expect you to work on us? Mm. Like, because it's not going to always be good. It's not going to always be exciting. But, like, if we're going to enter into this together and, like, we're going to commit to making this work, like, it's going to be hard sometimes. And if you're not, again, like, if you're not willing to do to work on yourself, then, like, there's no hope in me expecting you to work on us. Do you feel like there was a time where you were afraid to be alone? Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Because, like, I had expected that for myself mm. i'd expected that i was going to be my myself i was like i was going to have work work was going to be like bay um <laughs> <Okay>. but <laughs> but now i think i'm closer to being alone closer to being a fearful of being alone now than i was previously mm. and that's because of like how the things that i want have shifted 
now that I, I'm nearing 30, now that I'm getting a little bit older, not to say that 30 is old, but like right. now that like I've, I've lived a little bit, like I'm not 23, 24 running around New York and Boston anymore. Word. <laughs> you know, re- reprioritizing. Exactly. Exactly. The different things are important to me now that weren't important to me previously. And I think companionship is something that's like turned into that thing. So... With all of that, like, your journey from your career, from your upbringing to your career to your dating life, um, what would you say overall the lesson that you've learned so far in your life that you would also advise someone else who may be traveling the same journey as you or could relate to your story? Um, I... So the advice that I would give isn't anything that like is new or revolutionary. Um, I would just say try not to get hung up on your plans, like your own plans, so much so that if things shift from like if they deviate from what you planned, you don't know how to respond. Like mm. I think one of the things that's worked to my benefit so often is being able to respond to situations that I didn't plan for or that like went differently than how I planned and like making the most of them or finding, you know, something better in them. It's the day to day. It's the day to day thing. Like we get so caught up in like making these plans and that's not to say don't make plans. Like of course make plans, like have some structure, have, you know, some things that you're working towards. But again, like take it day by day. Like what am I working on today? Like how am I being my best me today? How am I, you know, advancing like the things like I'm interested in? Like how am I getting closer to those things in this very moment? Right. And like making it like chipping away at a, at a block as opposed to like trying to like land major things all at once. Right. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to join me on my show and tell people and share with people your journey to encourage me and inspire others to be bold, be fearless, be authentically themselves in their journey and understand that there's no right way to this thing. Like Everybody has traveled different roads and paths, but know that you too can be working <laughs> at Complex and Honestly, living your best truly. life and cheesing about someone who you, you know, are really happy with because everything aligns when you get to know who you are, what you want, right. and are focused on the bigger picture, right? right? And your happiness. So I usually leave off with a quote and... I am going to put you on the spot, Ryan. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. Um, because I usually leave off with a quote, but I feel that it would be more fitting for you to leave the people with a quote um, that comes to your mind. Okay. Um, I think it was uh, Webby that said, Trill fam, young savage, you can catch me fresh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm like, we're not about to give okay, let me about to get it. Okay. Um, I think so, and this is something like I say, like that I remind myself every morning, and that's you have everything that you need. Mm. Like I always start my day with you have everything that you need. Um, even, even thinking about being in situations that are uncomfortable or situations where it feels like you don't have everything that you need, the fact that you have like your mental capacities about you, the fact that you have you know the ability to get up and do things, the fact that you have the ability to affect change in your life 
is all that you need. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of coming to to a realization of this is something that I would like to see different in my life. And this is what I'm going to do to make that happen. So, yeah, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need, guys. And on that note... I wish you guys nothing but love, light, and many blessings. Have a great Fearless Friday. Make sure you get some R&R this weekend. Have some alone time, as we would say earlier. (laughs) (laughs) And without further ado, we are out. Peace.